This morning we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. And you know, I thought about changing the, the sermon for this morning and moving away from Romans, you know, because of the obviously unique situation that we are in. Uh, but as I continue to study the passage in Romans 12, I continue to see how this passage speaks to our situation. And you may have noticed the title of the sermon. I entitled it, Characteristics of a Healthy Church. And I gave it that title, not because of the coronavirus, but because of what Paul is communicating to the church. But at the same time, uh, what we're going to see here is that Paul does have something to say about how this will impact even our current situation as we seek to live out our faith with what is going on in our country. So let's dive into the passage. You know, Paul gives us three characteristics of a healthy church. The first characteristic is a proper view of self. And you see it in verse 3. Paul writes, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So Paul is saying we need to have a proper view of self. And there are two ways that we can actually have an improper view of self. Uh, One is to overvalue yourself. And what this looks like is thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to think. It's uh, thinking that, you know, you really don't need other people, uh, that you can just kind of take care of everything by yourself. Uh, It's thinking that maybe you're more important than you really are, uh, and you don't really need other folks, or you can handle it, or you're better than other people. Uh, Basically, it's arrogance, it's pride, so it's overvaluing yourself. Uh, The other danger is to undervalue yourself and seeing yourself as, you know, I'm unimportant, I have nothing to offer, everyone's better than me, what can I possibly add to the mix? And so it's seeing yourself as less valuable than someone else. And Paul tells us that in order to have a proper view of self, that we must think with sober judgment. And what this means is, you know, think clear clearly about who we are in the sight of God. And so this sober judgment, this clear-headedness looks to how God has made us and has gifted us. And so we must see ourselves as created in God's image and that we have been formed and made with certain gifts and abilities to carry out for His glory and for the good of those around us. And this, this measure of faith that Paul says, and there maybe you see that in the passage, This measure of faith that Paul mentions speaks to the uniqueness of our gifting and the capacity that each of us has been given. So if we're going to be a healthy church, we need to see ourselves as God sees us, that we are loved by God, we are created in His image, we are formed by Him uniquely with gifts that are meant to build up the body of Christ and bless the world. The second characteristic of a healthy church is a proper view of others. In verses 4 and 5, Paul writes, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. And so he uses this analogy of the body to explain how Christians are connected to one another. That's what I want you to realize uh, with this point, is, is how connected we are in God's sight. He says that we are one body with many members, and each member has a different function, just like different parts of your body. And this kind of ties in to what he said earlier, that each of us is unique, 
in how we're formed and how we're made and how we're gifted. But it's not enough just to have a proper view of, of yourself, uh, but we must have a proper view of others. We must understand how we fit in to the bigger picture of community. And so what we see here is that we must never, uh, we were never meant to live out our faith on our own. So as a Christian, you know, you're never meant to be on an island, you know, living out your faith on your own, disconnected from God's people. That is not how God designed it. You know, this idea of the church, that's, that's God's idea. That's not my idea. That's not the Baptist idea. You know, that's, that's God's idea. It's his idea, this forming this body where Christ is the head and we are the many parts. And Paul's telling us just that, just like your body parts are connected. I don't know a lot about that, but we know they are connected or they'd be falling off left and right as we're walking down the hall. They are connected in a unique way. Every part connected to the head. And he's using this analogy to help us think about how vitally we're connected to each other. At least we should be connected to one another. And this means that we are interdependent on each other. And now you're probably seeing now how this passage is, is kind of working its way into our current situation and what we're facing in our city, in our country, and around the world. Yeah, because we are followers of Jesus, and more specifically than that, we're members of the Hill Baptist Church, this local expression of the body of Christ. Because we are in Christ. If you're in Christ and you are a member of the Hill Baptist Church, this local expression of the body of Christ, then what happens to you happens to all of us to a degree. You know, when, when you celebrate something wonderful happening in your life, we applaud that. We experience some of that. When you're hurting and something happens to you that brings pain, we experience that. And you all know this to be true the more you're connected to those within our fellowship. When things happen, we, we you know, mourn with those who mourn. We rejoice with those who rejoice. That's what it looks like when you're connected to a body. You, know, you feel it. You experience what's going on. Just like if you, you, know, if you were to have uh, something go wrong with it, you broke a, a leg or something like that. I mean, it's going to affect the whole body, how you move, how you get, along, get around. It's going to affect all of you. And so it is with the church. What happens to one impacts us all to some degree if you are connected if you are connected to the body through Christ and through this local expression of the body of Christ the local church and so we know the the Christian faith was never meant to be lived out alone and when you place your faith in Jesus and as you connect yourself to the local church then you become attached to this local expression of the body of Christ we're serving one Lord, we are one body, and we are united together. And this is why it's so important for us, especially during times like these, uh, to communicate. And I love the fact that uh, Fred and Ann Gunner contacted Floyd just to let him know we're okay. We're just sitting at the house because of you know Ann's fall and what's going on in the city. Uh, you know, that's the type of things that we need to be doing. And so we need to communicate our needs and what is going on. And so what this looks like for us is even during this time, obviously, you know, a lot of changes are taking place in our country, in our state, in our city with different closings. Uh, this, this illness that's coming through, it will probably uh, make its way to Augusta at some point and it will impact some people. 
Uh, and so this is where it is vital that you communicate with your church family and you let us know what's going on. So if you're at home and you either become sick or maybe you're just uh, you know, fearful of going out into the public, then you need to let me know or let one of our deacons know or your Sunday school teacher know. Let someone in our church know what you need. If you have a need, you need to make that known so that we can help meet that need, whatever that may be. Maybe it's simple, something as simple as, you know, I can't go to the grocery store because I'm quarantined in my house or I, I'm scared to go to the grocery store. And maybe that's something we can help you with or pay a bill or whatever it may be. If you have a need, you need to communicate that because you're part of this body. And we need to know how we can serve you, how we can minister to you. But we won't know that unless you tell us what's going on. And so I need you to share that with me or you can call the church office. Um, There's several ways you can communicate to us through social media, whatever it may be. But you need to let us know if there's a need so that we can address it. You also, too, um, we will communicate what's going on with the church as far as you know, activities that are going on or maybe these activities have been canceled. Uh, we'll try to communicate that as clearly as we can as it relates to our gatherings. Uh, we don't know what the future holds, obviously, and so we're trying to take it day by day. Uh, like I said, we're not having Fellowship Club Tuesday. We're not going to have our Wednesday evening activities. Uh, but as far as next weekend, we'll keep you posted on how that is going and we'll try to communicate to you as well uh, what it looks like to gather together as the church during this time and I'll be using email uh, social media and we'll try to keep you up to date on that as well as other forms of communication snail mail etc so please be on the lookout and also feel free to use those forms of communication as well to uh, help us know what's going on with you and, you know, I'm not sure what the next week holds. Do we ever know? <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but I will let you know if this, that, or the other is canceled. But here's the thing. You know, we are the church. You know, we are the church. That doesn't end. You know, even if we can't gather on this day or that day, you know, we still are the church. Uh, God is still at work. And he still expects us to be uh, active and involved in what he's doing in the world. And so we want to continue to worship, uh, even beyond these walls, obviously, and continue to serve one another, love one another, and seek to bless our, our neighbors. Because the mission of God doesn't stop, right? The mission of God does not stop until Christ comes back. And so regardless of circumstance, that we need to have an eye to, you know, what is God calling me to do? How can I represent Him? How can I serve His body? How can I bless my neighbors? I need to have that view in mind as we walk through the days ahead. Because we're connected to Christ. We have to have a proper view of others. Not only of ourselves, but of others. That we are interconnected. We need each other. And we are ready to serve one another. We just need to know if there's a need that services. You need to let me know. You need to let the church know. And so we can address those concerns the best we can. So to be a healthy church... Uh, We must have a proper view of self. We must have a proper view of others. And the third characteristic is that we have to have a proper view of our gifting. And look with me at uh, verses 6 through 8. Paul writes, he says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, 
The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. You know, this is one of you know, many lists of spiritual gifts that are in the New Testament. And I don't believe any of these lists are uh, exhaustive, meaning they don't have every possible spiritual gift listed in these uh, different lists. But they do give you several, several examples. And some people have uh, divided these gifts into three categories. Uh, you have speaking gifts, such as you know, prophecy, teaching, evangelism, encouraging, things like that. You have leading gifts, uh, like maybe you're gifted in administration, discernment, government, things like that. Serving gifts, such as giving, service, helps, mercy, hospitality. Uh, So there's different categories of gifting, different ways you're gifted. And that's the main thrust here. Paul is basically saying, you know, God has formed this body. And even you have these local expressions of the body. So all of you here. You know, God has gifted you in certain ways. And none of us are exactly alike. You know, for example, you may be gifted in evangelism. Uh, and, you know, Billy Graham was gifted in evangelism. But that doesn't mean you're going to have the exact same experience that he did with his gifting. Because God gifts with ability and capacity. And so obviously his capacity was quite large. Whereas ours probably won't be that large, but your gift is valuable nonetheless and given by God. And so we need to exercise our gifts. I love what Paul says when he says, okay, we have different gifts. Let us use them. (laughs) Whatever they are, let us us put them to work. Let us use them. And so you have these different categories of gifts. And you may be sitting there wondering, well, how am I gifted? I mean, what, what abilities do I have? What has God gifted me? To do, And uh, I want to give you just a few ways that you may be able to discover uh, how you're gifted, how God has made you, informed you, and gifted you. The first is to ask the question, you know, what do you enjoy doing? Like, do you, what, what do you enjoy doing? Do you, do, you, do you love sharing the gospel with people? Uh, maybe that's your gift. Maybe uh, you do you enjoy teaching a Bible study. Maybe you've had experience doing that and you really love doing that. Um, maybe that's your gifting. Uh, maybe you just love to give. You're a very giving spirit. I mean, you just love to give of your resources. Uh, maybe you have that gift. Do you love to help people when they're experiencing a difficult time? You, maybe you have that gift of mercy. Do you love to organize things? Maybe you have that gift. But ask yourself, you know, what do I enjoy doing? And how has God made me? What do I enjoy doing? That's one way you can discover your gifting. And the second one goes along with it. And that is, you should ask those around you uh, what they think your gifting is. Because sometimes we enjoy something, but we're no good at it. (laughs) Like, I may enjoy playing golf, but I'm not good at that. So... Uh, and in the spiritual world, in the church world, maybe you're willing to do things, but maybe that's just not your gift. And so it's good to get feedback from the church. Listen to them. Like when you do this type of ministry, are you seeing them respond to you saying, you know, you're just really good at that. I mean, that's another way for you to kind of narrow down how you are gifted by God. So what do you enjoy? Receiving the feedback of others. And the third one is just effectiveness. You know, are you seeing God use you in this area? 
And that may be a, a way for you to identify your gifting. So look at what you enjoy. Look at, look, listen to the feedback of others and notice the effectiveness. And that may help you narrow down uh, your gifting. But I'd encourage you to, to get out there and you know, get into the church in different ways. Experiment, try different things and see how God has made you and gifted you. Because here's one other thing I want to mention about the gifting. Uh, one other thing I want you to I want to I want you to realize from this passage, you know, in the context here, you know, the passage is about how do we serve other believers. I mean, that's the context. How do you, how do you exercise your gifting within the church specifically? Uh, the odds are, you know, you're using your gifts to serve perhaps not only the church but also the broader community as well. For example, let me give you just a few examples here. Let's say you have the gift of teaching. You're just very good at taking truths and making them uh, you know, simple for people to understand, packaging them in such a way that people understand. Maybe you have the gift of teaching. Well, maybe you became a school teacher or some other type of instructor. Okay, so you're in our community and you're blessing the community with your gift, your ability. But specifically, Paul's saying here, how are you using your ability to build up the body of Christ? How are you serving the church with that ability. And so maybe you find yourself using your gifts in the broader community, but maybe you haven't found out how you can use your gifts within the church. And so I would have you consider, uh, how am I using my gifting to build up the body of Christ? Another example is, you know, maybe you're a very, a very generous person. You, we know that people, uh, you don't have to be a Christian to be generous, but we know you know, all Christians should be coming more and more generous, right? Uh, because of the generosity of God toward us. But maybe you're a very generous person and you love to give to several different things. But are you giving to the building up of the body of Christ? Are you giving strategically in that sense? Uh, so those are just a few examples. But what I want you to ask yourself is how am I using my gifting to build up the body of Christ? How am I using how God has made me and gifted me to help people become growing followers of Jesus. And so if you're looking for a way to serve, maybe you haven't found a way you can serve yet, uh, then I encourage you to come talk to me. I can share with you some different ministry opportunities, and I'm sure we can find a way for you to, to get in there and try out different things and see uh, what is a good fit for you. But remember, you know, if we're going to be a healthy church, we need to have a proper view of ourselves. We need to have a proper view of others and how we're connected to each other in Christ. And that we also need to have a proper view of our gifting and why God has made us the way he has and what he wants us to do with it. And here's the thing. I, I do believe our current situation uh, in our country is providing a unique opportunity for us to exercise our gifting uh, for the good of the church and for the good of our city. Uh, but we do need to be uh, attentive to opportunity and how would God have us to respond to the needs around us. Uh, and we may have to think creatively, you know, maybe a little differently than we have before in how we can be a blessing to those around us, how we can serve, how we can worship in different ways. Um, and so we'll see how that pans out. But I do believe we'll have the opportunity to see you know, the body of Christ at work in a healthy way as we exercise our gifts to build up one another and bless those around us. So be on the lookout this week. I think we're going to have some opportunities to serve each other, to serve our community, to uh, give comfort, to give hope, 
uh, to point them to God who is our refuge and strength. So be on the lookout as we seek to, look, to use our gifts this week uh, to build up the body of Christ, build up the church, and bless our community. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this scripture that reminds us that it's not all about us, uh, but it's all about you. And that you are the one who's made us, who loves us, who's called us, who's justified us, who's placed us in this body. And we are connected to one another because we are connected to Christ. I pray this week even that you would just show us, lead us, guide us to how we can exercise our gifts uh, to bless each other, to serve each other, whatever those needs may be. And even beyond our church family, as we look to our neighbors, our co-workers, friends and family, our city, would help us to uh, think about and be aware of how we can serve those around us and point them to you. Lord, we are so grateful that you are our refuge and strength. You are our fortress. You are our present help in time of trouble. And Lord, so, we are so thankful that in Christ we have access to you anytime, anywhere. And we are thankful for your presence with us now. Well, I pray for this week coming up that you would help us to uh, represent you well, that you would protect us, you would guide us, uh, and help us to be a blessing to those around us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.